We've got Andrew Johnston, local zoologist in training, with us. Kia ora, Andy. G'day, how are you? We're good, man. How are you? Very good. Very good. I'm very excited for today. Today is... The... the the creature? The, yes. creature. the creature. The creature today. What is the creature? It is. We're looking at bees. 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 But a very interesting thing happened this week. Yeah, I'd like to I'd like to start off with. Yeah. Yeah. I think I can lead into that from the article that you sent through. Why in the big? Why? 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 Uh, <laughs> why in the big? Why a four bee species legally considered as fish under the California Endangered Species Act? I know. That's so odd. It's weird, eh? Yeah. Weird. So our favorite new fish is the bee, obviously. You know, <laughs> we we all think of uh, bee, a fish when we think of bees. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really weird one. It's a, it's got a good ending. It's got a very good ending, but a very weird uh, way to get there. So basically, California has this thing where they've got a. Um, the California Endangered Species Act, right? And they've only got on this act, they can only protect so many different things. Okay, one of the things that they can protect is fish. They can also protect uh, birds, mammals, amphibians, reptiles, or plants. But that doesn't really leave any space for insects, right? Mm-hmm. So what, what do you do? So a bunch of um, environmentalists campaigned. They said, hey, the way that you've defined fish is that you've <laughs> said that fish and, and, and the whole list are invertebrates, right? So vertebrates is things that like don't have a backbone, have a backbone. basically. Yeah. So we're we're vertebrates as humans. You know, your dog, your cat, they're all vertebrates. Um, and so they've classified fish as invertebrates. So these guys said, well, technically bees are invertebrates. So why don't we just well, if, if fish are invertebrates and bees are invertebrates, then that means that bees are fish, which therefore <laughs> means that we can therefore classify them under this Endangerment Act and get them protected. Wow. Which is a weird legal loophole. Eh? Yeah. Super crazy. It reminds me a lot. New Zealand actually has something quite similar. Mm. Jacinta Ruru, who's a kind of a legal scholar, she was campaigning and successfully campaigned for getting Mount Taranaki and the Whanganui River legal personhood status. Oh, yeah, so yeah, they yeah. have all the rights of a person mm-hmm. and can mm. sue and can protect themselves legally. Mm-hmm. So it sounds pretty similar to that. It does sound very like similar, yeah. Lo- using using these weird legal loopholes yeah, yeah. in your favour. I'm all for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Anything to help uh, these endangered animals. Bees are fish. Bees yeah. are fish, why I'm not? I decided to start telling everyone that. Yeah, 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 go on. Go on and sub-question. Yes. A fish fish? Yeah, so <laughs> something else that is kind of funny is that there's this guy, um, what's his name, Stephen Jay Gould, who spent his whole life studying fish, right? And the conclusion he came to at the end was that there is no such thing as a fish. Doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. Government no such thing as a fish. Conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. There's actually a podcast. It's on the, based on the QI uh, quiz show, if anyone knows about that. Anyway, they're called There's um, No Such Thing as a Fish. Basically, what he said was that he studied all these animals. There's a bunch of aquatic animals in the, in the world, but they're hardly related to each other as, as much as any other genera or whatever would, would be related to each other. He said that the salmon is more closely related to the camel than it is to the hagfish. What? <laughs> so if, if you kind of take that, then, yeah, you think, yeah, Camel's maybe... a fish. Yeah, maybe okay. fish isn't really that good a uh, biological yeah, definition. It's basically what it came to. Yeah. Right. So bees are fish and fish don't exist. And, Wonderful. And camels are fish. And, and camels are fish. Linking back to bees, though, mm-hmm. who are also fish, as established, yes. <laughs> uh, what about New Zealand bees or just bees in general? What can we know yeah. about them apart from that they're fish? Oh, What's yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so when you think of bee, right, you think of your bumblebee, your honeybee, your buzzy bee going around making its honey, whatnot, whatnot. But the native bee in New Zealand is actually quite different. And during my research, I was kind of astounded by how different it really is. So native bees are generally a lot smaller and kind of all black in color. So you don't think of bee, you think of the yellow stripes and whatnot. But they're, they're tiny and they don't live in hives to begin with. They actually live uh-huh. underground. 
Ah. Yeah, yeah. So they, they dig into the ground, and that's where they lay their eggs. And they're not, they haven't got huge swarms or anything either. They're, no they're quite, hive. No, yeah, no, no hive like mind. big hive thing. Yeah, yeah. They just have like one female go down and lay the eggs. And then they'll have a few worker female, like one queen rather. And then they'll have a few worker females that go out and get the pollen and nectar and whatnot. And then the males are really just the drones. They're only really there for reproduction. So right. The males are pretty useless in the bee world. They don't really do much um, except uh, like you know, reproduce. useless in the human world, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because there's obviously this amazing thing in, in the world of bees, I guess, where they have the queen that takes control of everything, and then all the females are the worker bees. So you go out into nature and you see all the bees on the uh, flowers and whatnot, they're all going to be female. Um, so, yeah, but then, so native bees are, are, are in the ground, and as far as I can tell, don't make honey, which I, 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 I'm... I'm I'm here to be corrected. If anyone wants to call in and tell me that they can think, find a source that they do. Right. I think you're right. I, I can't which, find it anywhere. Which, to me, doesn't meet the definition of a bee. No, yeah, right. <laughs> They're so like intrinsically linked. Um, that, that, that's really interesting. And mm. it brings up a whole other kind of point of conversation about bees, which is honey. Mm. And which yes. has given them some kind of social value. We, yeah, we, yeah, we love honey. Big time. And we therefore love bees. Yes. Um, there are other more important reasons to love bees, maybe, in yeah. the sense that they pollinate oh, mo- most yeah. of the world's plants. Yeah, big time, big time. Huge, huge. Like, pollination is, is so important for all of us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I found a stat online that, that said that bees are responsible for pollinating approximately one-third of the food we eat. Wow. So everything I see is like every third mouthful you eat yeah. is thanks to a bee. Yeah. Right? How crazy. And, and 90% of our yeah. fruit trees. Crazy. What? That's like, that's crazy. like all of our food. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if anyone's seen B movie, yes, the great yeah, Jerry yeah, yeah. Seinfeld classic, <laughs> they'll 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 know the consequences of bees going out of yeah. business. It was actually a documentary, didn't it? It was like a future documentary. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is really interesting. B movie. I was actually do, lo, doing some reading. Mm. Uh, Fox Mayer from Critic actually did a Critic article about. Um, save the bees being oh, a yeah. psychological operation to make us love bees when really there are other pollinators we should focus slightly more on. Sure, yeah. I'm not sure if this is something you necessarily brought to talk about, but I think it's quite interesting because it is, yeah. we have a lot of love for these European bees mm-hmm. that um, that that have essentially c- colonized uh, this native space yeah, yeah. and have started... Uh, Kind of affecting some native bee populations yeah, quite, yeah, quite yeah. severely, but but we love them because we love our honey. Exactly. Um, yeah. Well, there's there's like you say, there are other um, insect species that do pollinate, and even I think you can find online. I'll have to come back to this, but there are some like birds that do some pollination yeah, as well and yeah. stuff. It's it's not limited to bees, but bees are definitely the the best ones at it, I, I, to my knowledge. Um, but yeah, there is a lot of competition, right, between so sort of the European honeybees and and our native bees. So. When you have your manuka honey or whatnot from the supermarket, they're all made from manuka plants, but by European, European honeybees, bees. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so they're good at, at pollinating that and using that pollen. Um, and they are good pollinators in New Zealand, but uh, native bees are specifically designed for a lot of our native species. Mm-hmm. So our, our kanuka, our manuka, uh, putakawa, you know, all those kind of things are very spe- native bees are kind of designed almost uh, for these plants. They so evolved alongside each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
So, um, so yeah, they, they both have their, their good and their bad, but, you know, like any introduced species, there's always going to be a bit of conflict mm. between the native and the introduced. Mm. So there is uh, a bit of a worry um, there about uh, the competition, which could lead to some, some issues with the native bees. So, yes. yeah, we've got we to look out for all of our bees, I we, think. We do, we do. No, no, no bee is necessarily more, but all bees matter. All bees, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. How can we help native bees, perhaps specifically, um, as to make sure that their population doesn't dwindle yeah, in yeah. comparison to the... You know, big time, big time. So, so native bees are actually quite interesting, is that they, they only... Um, they don't go out and forage as far as a, a regular bee would. So, you know, your honeybee will go off for ages to try and find um, flowers and whatnot. But your native bee kind of sticks in like a, I think it was like a like a 100 meter radius or something, or, or maybe it's more than that, I have to double check. Um, so in your area, best thing to do is just plant wildflowers, plant, plant native flowers, um, native bush, native stuff like that. Um, so that they can they can work on those, and then also uh, another thing which is just good for all pollinators and for everything is just to buy seasonally. You know, because if you buy seasonally, that's where all you're not getting in um, like the native uh, the foreign bees to do all the work and whatnot as well. So mm. there's two kind of things that you can you can work on if you want. <laughs> Support our local bee workforce. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, there's also an amazing. Uh, way that bees communicate is enough. Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh, I love this. It's <laughs> yeah. so cool. Yeah, yeah. You you might have heard the waggle dance. The waggle dance. The waggle dance. It just, yeah, it just yeah. has an amazing name to begin with, right? Um, I remember learning about this in, in oh, like primary school or high school or something, and it's just it's just fantastic. It's just a cool... So anyway, what it does, basically, is that bees will often communicate through a dance, the waggle dance. And I've tried to break it down here as best as I could, Okay, but to basically say that they do a figure of eight dance, okay, and the duration of the dance is roughly the distance um, well, to where the flowers are or whatnot, because they're trying to communicate where the flower and the pollen is. Um, how vigorous the dance is is the amount of pollen that is at the, <laughs> at the location. Dance. Yeah, yeah. And then the angle that they're doing the dance to the sun, it kind of represents the angle at which these bees will have to fly yeah, that is, to oh get to God. the pollen. That is ridiculous. So yeah, they kind of do this amazing little cha-cha to let you know where... <laughs> Where the honey is, where, where the pollen is, and they're just—they've just—they're born with this knowledge. Yeah, they just oh. somehow this hive and mind mm-hmm. intelligence is this like this, this innate ability, right? I don't, I like, there's a lot of things in nature where we don't fully understand what it is, but yeah. um, you know, hopefully one day, maybe maybe listener should go out and research it and yes. find out. No, th- thank thanks for turning us on to these um, beloved little fuzzy creatures. Of course. Um, once a lot of people were afraid of, of them mm-hmm. as just being nothing but a stinger, but after B Movie and after Andrew Johnson came with Creature of the Week on <laughs> yeah. Tuesday Radio 1 News, no one was scared of bees anymore. Not anymore, not anymore. And native bees don't really sting very often either. So um, and I guess the crux of this is without bees, we don't have... We don't have a lot of our food, we don't have a lot of our plants. We don't have people. We don't have a lot of nature. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Um, so look after so your bees. Look after your bees. That was a Radio 191 event podcast! You can find more of them at r1.co.nz forward slash podcast.